Okay, thank you. Hi, I'm Crystal from KTUH in Honolulu. Hey, Andrew. Hi, how's it going? Good, thank you for your time. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Boy, I'm not used to all this kind of like, you guys are like sophisticated. <laughs> it's a whole process, but I'm, right. I'm very thankful for it. This is a sign of success. This is the smell of success <laughs> and privilege. Okay, um, so is it on record now? Do I begin or how does that work? Yes. I think we're recording. Yep, we're, okay. we're rolling. Mm -hmm. Great. All right. So with no further ado, uh, just a quick thing. Uh, I will I will try not to edit as we start uh, because I like a natural flow. My style is very conversational. So please don't ask me for just question answer. It's, it's, a, it's a conversation. Um, and our target audience are mostly university students <clears throat> here in Honolulu and alumni in the really great um, Asian dominated um, community, as you might imagine. So. Great. Without further ado, welcome. This is so fun. Um, let me just back up by first saying that I had the privilege of watching this film when I was in San Francisco uh, a few weeks ago when I was there. And here we are at K2H talking to the uh, director of Fire Island, Andrew An, Korean American filmmaker. Welcome, Andrew, to K2H. Hi, thank you for having me. This is no, I'm serious. Like I, I went with a girlfriend and we went there and I swear we were the only Asian straight girls in the whole theater um, on Van Ness Street. But yeah. it was brilliant because it was a great crowd and the energy in there was awesome. And it was it was special because I felt like it was a moment that um, we both realized was historical. So cool. let's start by talking about how you put this together uh, in a nutshell. Would you care to tell our audience what Fire Island is all about? Yeah, so Fire Island is an unapologetic modern day rom-com um, set uh, on Fire Island, a gay vacation destination outside of New York City. Uh, and it's an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. And it focuses on the friendship of two queer Asian Americans who are looking for love. <laughs> so even in that log line, uh, connecting Jane Austen to the gay community is already kind of an intersectional aspect that we're going to dig right into because here on campus, you know, people who are studying English literature and um, women's studies and looking, looking at the whole LGBTQ movement um, in the world today, uh, it's an interesting conversation. So first of all, um, I wanted to again say when we were back at that screening, you had an introductory um, speech where you said something about this Gaijin space. I've never heard that term before, gay Asian. Is that something that's new or is that something that you coined or is it? Oh, no, it's it's probably decades old, you know, oh. it's it's a fun, you know, way to, um, I guess, uh, uh, just say gay Asian faster is just to go <laughs> Asian, you know, all the way through, um, you know, you save a syllable. Um, and, and I think I use it as a term of endearment. Like I really um, love, um, you know, my Gaijin community. It, it's, a, it's such a great um, uh, community to be a part of. And, uh, and there are, you know, uh, not as many representations of a Gaijin community on screen, you know, and uh, there's, there's definitely a, a history of them, but um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of growing this, um, uh, you know, this canon of TV and film that, um, 
you know, shows Gaijin people as, you know, cool, you know, important people to see, you know, in media. Yeah, and, and to speak to that, um, that was another thing that I noticed in the film is that because oftentimes when you put in the whole ethnic idea, you know, for the Asian minority aspect into a film that you're trying to reach a, a you know, a, a non-ethnic based story, you did you you did that you treated it very well you didn't put in and i don't know if that was intentional or not to not drag in the baggage that asians have of the uh the, the trauma of you know being under these kind of very patriarchal structures of of behaving was that intentional yeah i mean i think we wanted to focus on a very specific part of the you know gay asian american experience um you know i think uh, this film is showing, um, you know, how, uh, uh, you know, we're seen within this context of Fire Island. There, there are so many other things that are happening, you know, off screen, uh, you know, back at home. I wonder what Howie and Noah's lives are like, you know, right. um, but, uh, you know, Joel wanted to tell a story about his experiences on Fire Island and, how being Asian American, um, you know, uh, makes you like seen differently there. Um, right. And uh, I really uh, uh, loved the the focus of that uh, of that story. Yeah, and when you mentioned Joe, you mean Joel Kim Booster, who is the star and the writer of this film. Yeah. which is brilliant. So Joel, tell us a little bit about Joel. I mean, he was a stunt, he was a comedian, he's an actor, he's a writer. Um, and you said he's drawing from his own personal experience at Fire Island. Now, for people who don't know Fire Island, as I um, brief, you know, understand it in a small sense, is that it's, um, it, it's, it's on the East Coast, New York, off there, where people kind of go off on their summer retreats. And uh, it's predominantly, a, for my, my sense, is a very privileged white space, actually, right? And so here you are putting yourself this whole Asian-dominated film on, in a space like that. That sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, Joel has talked about how, um, you know, Fire Island is a, a, a really... Uh, uh, you know, significant place. It's been um, a gay haven for many decades, you know, mm. stretching back to the 50s, where closeted people could go, you know, to the island, escape the city and escape, you know, um, social pressure to be themselves. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, it, it hasn't uh, always been so inclusive, especially to uh, people of color. Right. Um, and it's also a very expensive place to go um, right. because you have to be able to afford it. Um, you know, uh, but when Joel went the first time, you know, um, he really saw um, uh, what was special about it and he really wanted it to be more inclusive, you know. Um, he went with Bo and Yang and uh, yeah. And I'm sorry, I didn't mention that. It's also stars Bowen Yang and yeah. also Margaret Cho. So brilliant cast. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool cast. But but yeah, when when they went the first time, you know, they crammed a bunch of people into one house so that they could afford it. And, yeah. you know, I think uh, in um, making this film, uh, we're trying to make Fire Island a more inclusive place for people and, yeah. and hope that 
people can see themselves there because there's something really special about um, being able to go to a space where you can be queer and and not safe space right kind of yeah exactly but but it's a very site-specific place too you know you you go there with the intention of having this summer flings or I mean it's a setup (laughs) like that in the in the story of course is that Uh oh we're going to have these you know great adventures and have these great sexual escapades and and Bowen Yang's character is the virgin guy who's like not you're not not sure if he can really do this so I'm my question or I'm curious about the sexuality within the gay community and and specifically Asian community because there's that taboo about you know um hyper sexuality within certain types of communities but then so within the gay community and I don't know if this film kind of makes people wonder or assume that there's a lot of sex going on always within you know I Mike so I'm my question is does it does it kind of reinforce that kind of a, a, a way of thinking about the lifestyle of gays or um, is that a, again a specific story that you hope that doesn't do that I, I think, uh, I mean, uh, the, the truth of it is that uh, in this world, there are more straight people having sex than gay people, you know, like that's just the truth of it. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, for many queer people, um, you know, uh, we've been oppressed by, you know, a very heteronormative society and, um to uh, express ourselves through our sexuality is um, an important part of, uh, you know, um, our uh, self-care is is part of our lives. And, you know, the sexuality that we show in the film, um, you know, is, uh, you know, just part of the experience. It's not something Unapologetic. Yeah, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to, uh, avoid showing sex because that would make yes. the experience feel untruthful, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, uh, I, I, I think that, um, if someone's going to judge the film, you know, for, um, uh, you know, it reinforcing this stereotype of hypersexuality, you know, I, I think that they're missing the fact that there are so many other aspects of the gay experience that we are portraying here, you know, including friendship, uh, including community, including, you know, uh, uh, music and, um, you know, yeah. that's something that I hope that uh, they realize is, um, you know, just as much a part of our lives as, yeah. you know, our, our sexuality. I agree. There's a lot of warmth to your film, and and I think you balance that well with the romance um, and and the play, you know, the playfulness of these spaces. Um, are those underwear parties real? Yeah, those are real parties. <laughs> yeah, I went to an underwear party and you know researching the movie uh, on Fire Island at that location. Yeah, you know, um, it's a, it, it, you know, I think it's a really uh, uh, like fun and and. Kind of liberating space um you know uh it, it's it's a big part of the fire island experience and and i think it's you know very funny in the adaptation you know from pride and prejudice that the big netherfield ball turns into an underwear party yeah no i love that and and you know going to 
analogies, um, I wonder if we can talk about maybe the idea of Fire Island being an island, you know, and Honolulu is an island. So, you know, what is an island mentality? Um, what are some thoughts on the idea that you are kind of isolated and yet, and then you're kind of like grouped together in this space where you don't really have immediate access to leave and you work together in a very unique community? Yeah, you know, I think um, uh, there's something about um, getting on the ferry, you know, from Sayville crossing the water to Fire Island that um, uh, builds a sense of anticipation. Like you get really yeah. excited to go, you know, yeah, a um, journey. it's a journey. Yeah. And, and I think that that places some heightened, um, you know, expectation and energy for like what's going to happen there. And yeah. um, I, uh, I, I, I think when people step off that boat, um, they're ready for an adventure, you know? Um, uh, I, I also think that there's just a, a beauty to the, um, the landscape, you know, it's a really um, gorgeous environment, the flora, the fauna, um, yeah. you know, uh, I, I think it's a great place to um, uh, kind of reconnect to, uh, you know, the land in a way that especially, you know, living in New York City, you can feel kind of um, separate sure. from. Right. So you, the need to feel, to be reconnected with nature. And also, you, you know, we're going to tap into the whole literature uh, lingo as well as I'm always thinking like Shakespearean language of uh, the forest and entering a forest and things happening there, you know, sexual encounters happening out in the woods. <laughs> and that's kind of similar because, you know, the Joel, you're the character Noah. And, you know, when he has some issues, you know, he would kind of walk off into the woods. So there's a lot of interesting kind of imagery um, with nature. Um, and, and to think about nature and sex also, is it also in another interesting parallel, right? Like what is sexuality? What are, what is our, what is our nature, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I, I think that it's, um, uh, you know, it's, it's part of our, um, you know, uh, our instincts, you know, and, um, and it's how we, uh, you know, search for, um, pleasure. It's how we, uh, you know, how we survive, you know, there, there's something about um, uh, human nature that I think is, um, you know, undeniable. And I think it's really interesting um, that you have the very constructed, um, you know, kind of hierarchy of society that Jane Austen is talking about in Pride and Prejudice, but you ultimately boil it down to very, um, you know, very human basic needs. Yes. And, you know, the flesh, the body, the need for each other, um, whether it is sexual or not, if it, you know, romance, it's still something that is the heart, again, of, of your story, I think. Um, so to speak of the flesh, can I just go a little bit further that? Because in the film, again, coming from um, as a straight, um, Asian female, when I see the scenes where you have those kind of like orgy like scenes in those rooms, yeah. it's quite a visual shock because I've never seen that before. You know, I've never really played on the porn sites to look at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, I don't think you had an intention to be a shock factor, did you? I mean, it was just your that world. 
Yeah, it's 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 just showing the the world, you know, uh, that is a thing that exists, and and I think as long as you know uh, these acts are consensual, that it is um, you know really beautiful. Uh, I I think that um, uh, you know we uh, we wanted to um, show these as um, elements of the Fire Island experience, right, um, and. Uh, and and that uh, you know, it, like they're fun. They can sometimes be funny. They can right. some you know sometimes be uh, like kind of silly. And yeah. and that that's you know just um, a part of what makes this community um, you know multifaceted. You know, Absolutely. nuanced and and yeah fun. yeah using humor to do that. Um, um, and you have those two characters, I forget their names, but they're kind of like a partner, but they have a very kind of open relationship and they seemed like they were okay to be able to date or sleep with other men. Um, is that something that you put in, is that, is that something like that's norm in the gay community too, is to, and again, I don't want to assume and, you know, trigger stereotypes, but is that something that you address that's quite common? Yeah, I mean, um, in the film, uh, we have, you know, two romantic pairings we've got Noah and Will and then we have Howie and Charlie and yeah. um, you know Howie and Charlie are maybe more traditional um, in how they see uh, romance and right, relationships right. Um, whereas Will and Noah you know neither of them believe in you know monogamy and um, what I love about the film is that we show two different ways that people can be in relationships um, and both of them are valid, you know, we're not judging either of them. Um, and I think, uh, you know, there are so many um, different ways to um, have a relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever makes the people happy in the relationship should be how it works. And, yeah. you know, I, I think open relationships are becoming more and more popular you know, across the board, not even Absolutely. just in, you know, queer culture. And so I, I think um, I, I really love that our film can show, you know, two different ways to to be in a relationship. And um, yeah, not just two. I think there are multiple ways that you show <laughs> yeah. that there are so many different facets of relationships, sexual encounters, and just, you know, human interactions. And you said it yourself, you know, open relationships. So I feel like your film, and I, I said it's, I feel like it's historical, as I said earlier, because it's kind of boundary breaking. There hasn't been a film, obviously, of Asians as the forefront um, main characters in a movie that addresses the, um, like you say, unapologetic kind of um, way of showcasing the gay community. And um, in today's world, in today's kind of open, and so I'm a mother, I have three kids and, you know, my teenage kids, you know, gender is not an issue to them. So I'm in a generation where I still think in binary because of the way I grew up and I'm trying to learn these terms. But I think your film opens up a different way of looking at gender through your very specific world. And maybe we can talk, if you could just, you know, give our um, K2H listeners the uh, thoughts on how your film serves to kind of break those boundaries and create spaces that um, reframe how we should be looking at gender. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I really love that we uh, had the honor of working with, um, 
uh, an actor, Tomas Matos, in their first feature. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Tomas's pronouns are they, them, and, um, you know, their genderqueer identity, you know, became a part of our film. And, and I really love that element of, um, of the story. Um, you know, uh, I, uh, I, I think, you know, we very clearly focused the film on, you know, uh, Noah, who, you know, is a cisgender, gay, Asian American man. Um, uh, but my hope is that, um, you know, uh, we inspire other filmmakers to tell their own versions of, of Fire Island. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know, will um, always support Tomas's career and what they want to do and um, would love to work with them again. <laughs> and, um, and I, uh, I, I think that, um, uh, you know, something like Fire Island um, can show that um, what the industry might have previously said was, um, you know, too niche is actually uh, like super valuable and, and that um, these stories deserve to, you know, uh, get the resources and the platform to be seen by a lot of, a lot of people. Um, so I, uh, I'm really, uh, just so excited to kind of see how um, the uh, the legacy of, of Fire Island um, can grow, and you know, it, even our film, um, you know, it, it may seem like it popped out of nowhere, but um, you know, I'm very aware of uh, this legacy of of queer Asian American film that's come before me, and I think about. Uh, filmmakers like Alice Wu, who mm, uh, made yes. space and the half of it, um, you know, uh, like there have been films like this before, but they they just might not have gotten the the platform that we're getting. And so yes. I um, I'm really excited to use this platform to, you know, uh, inspire more people to help more people get their stories told, too. That's brilliant. And but I guess I guess this is where I have to ask you how you got that platform, because there's never something that happens overnight. Right. People want to know you're, you're addressing these aspiring filmmakers and writers who want to flip the script like you do. How did you get there and how do you how do you suggest people to get there and tell their stories and get spaces to be heard? Yeah, it's it's a, a really, um, you know, it's a it's a process. Um, I came of age as a filmmaker through uh, the film festival circuit, you know, I, um, uh, I, uh, made short films, uh, in film school and, um, got to screen them in festivals around the, you know, around the world and, uh, made a feature called Spa Night, um, that, uh, played at Sundance and helped me get an agent and a manager. Um, I screened in Honolulu at the Honolulu Rainbow Film yeah, Festival. Yeah. Uh, Brent Anbe is a you know big supporter of my work and I uh, just really um, uh, uh, I, I just really love that community and so um, I made two independent features and um, started doing uh, some television directing um, you know directed a couple of episodes of a Netflix show um, did uh, an episode of MacGyver you know <laughs> Uh, really built 
you know, a resume and a skill set as a director that, um, you know, allowed me to take advantage of an opportunity like Fire Island, uh, that when Searchlight, you know, asked me to interview for this, um, that I had the experience and, um, you know, the uh, capability to handle, um, you know, a, a bigger budget feature. Um, and so it was really, you know, uh, a, 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 a decades long process. You know, I uh, started filmmaking, you know, back in 2000 and, uh, 2008, 2007, you know, um, and I've just really taken it seriously and um, found community through um, film festivals uh, and, um, you know, have, have uh, been really lucky to meet really wonderful people who have supported my work. Um, well, you always are years. producing good work, creative content, and your perseverance shows by your continual work on them. You know, you can't give up. There, there are going to be doors shut and doors open, right? Like anything. And I think your perseverance shows through your I'm years. Trying. <laughs> yeah, I hear. And, and, and it's brilliant. It's paid off. This is, you know, this is incredible that this film is, um, is supported by Searchlight and it's going to be on Hulu. It starts actually, it's screening on Hulu as we speak. Um, so my final question, I guess, is to go back to your, your personal life as an Asian American, as a Korean American, um, and how you uh, grapple with, or maybe how you can suggest for people who are grappling with issues, um, gender issues with uh, pressures from family, um, and how to kind of, because there's a lot of stress there. There's a lot of stuff that is so suppressed and and is creating a lot of psychological trauma to a lot of individuals. So what are your suggestions based on your experience and your community that we can kind of work in very healthy ways to address gender in this world of today? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky for me as like a cisgender man to, to talk very um, uh, like specifically about gender in a way that I, I think uh, might need to be talked about. But uh, I, I think, uh, you know, for me, um, uh, I, I think it's really important that as Asian Americans, we um, uh, don't uh, think of our differences within the community as um, uh, issues, um, but as things to be celebrated, you know, that if you have a, a, a different sexuality or a different gender expression um, that, uh, you know, uh, my hope is that people don't use that against us, you know, but actually celebrate us for it, you know, and um, I think about a, an article that I read, um, you know, uh, that Margaret Cho wrote many years ago um, about how uh, some Korean women tried to get her kicked out of a Korean spa um because she has tattoos i was gonna say yeah i, and I was i was really uh you know gripped by this article because margaret talks about how you know these women tried to take away her korean identity um and uh that she had to fight for it and that it was her fight for it that um made it more hers and for me as a gay Korean American, um, it, that really resonated with me because I so often 
um, felt at that moment in my life that uh, these two sides of my identity um, couldn't live together um, in my uh, body. And, you know, Margaret uh, showed me a way that I could feel whole. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I think that um, you have to find community. And I love that there is a wonderful community of, uh, of queer Asian American people that I know. And, um, and I, I encourage people to, to seek out people, you know, yes. to um, meet people within their uh, communities that um, share something in common. Absolutely. And I see that in Fire Island. So I encourage people to watch it. It's fun. It's brilliant. It's boundary breaking. One quick note I want you to leave us with what, and this is Andrew Ani, if you're wondering, um, director of Fire Island, what's your favorite underwear? <laughs> you Come know, I have, I have to say my favorite underwear is probably um, just like simple Hanes boxers. Like, you know, they, they, end up, they end up like in, you know, washing and drying over and over like they just get super soft and I think they're really comfortable. <laughs> I think that it probably reflects a lot of your personality right like that's yeah. that's Come it so yeah. okay Haynes guy thank you so much <laughs> this is Andrew Ahn director of Fire Island amazing amazing film um so privileged to be talking to you thank you and good luck with future projects thank you bye